Welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. Mm-hmm. I'm Ronnie. Silent Ron's here. Oh, hello. <laughs> Schmedium Mike is here. How you doing? No nickname. Carl's here. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, would you like to read our Bible verse tonight? Yes, this is Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 in the NASB version, and it says, There is an appointed time for everything. And there is a time for every event under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to shun embracing. And I just want to throw out there, Karen, this is not... Uh, footloose. Because <laughs> I know that's where she's going to go with it. <laughs> and, well, and I'd like to go ahead and um, I'll, I'll say it. I'll be bold enough to say I'll, I'll disagree with the Bible. I think there's always a time for embracing. Would you embrace Hitler? If you turned his life to Christ, I would. If. 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 Yeah. If. Yeah. If, yeah. <laughs> We had a conversation like that last night about, uh, you know, you have those people or sins in your life that you're like, well, what about this? And, you know, it gets you, it'll get you going every time. Everybody, mm-hmm. I think everybody yeah, has every that one mm-hmm. thing, you know, and some of us, it's a lot of the same, you know, depending mm-hmm. on, on you. But uh, it was one of those and me and Jeff were getting hot on it. I mean, it was like getting under our collar, like I could feel my face turning red and stuff. And then Bob's like, well, wait, now what if they turn their life to Christ? Different story. Unfortunately, my heart, I'm saying, well, I gave my life to Christ, and I'm having an issue with what they had done, mm-hmm. you know. So it was like, but it was, I had to thank Bob and say, I appreciate you coming and flipping that, and then the accountability that's there, as hard as it is when you're talking about, you know, something like that. But that's what we ask each other to do: is you know, in our foolishness, keep us accountable, keep us on the straight and narrow where we should be. And instead of turning that and having that time of of getting angry and getting you know that frustrated over this this sin you have somebody there to put you know those rails up mm-hmm. keep you in the i have to do lines. that with my wife sometimes she gets a little irate and worked up and i'm like karen flip the coin yep there's two sides to every story mm-hmm. and you're just seeing one yeah wait, wait through your eyes so it's just her you well, do that no no no, <laughs> no. It, sometimes yeah I'm not going to say I ain't in there either, but no, I don't, it just I don't seems like every time I turn around, you know, Karen be saying this and that, and I have to just politely remind her yeah. and say, hey, look, you're looking at it through your eyes. Flip the coin. Right. Try to see what they're seeing. That way you can help the problem instead of adding to the problem. Mm-hmm. Is she that person for you, too? Sometimes. Only when she's wanting to be sarcastic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, our topic tonight, though. Before you get into the topic, can I read something kind of like 
No, I'm going to I'm like, you need to pause that, right? I'm like, wait a minute. So when do you ask for permission? I'm like, really? Like, I'm trying to be you, light. Do you, do, you, do you think any of us are going to mind? I'm on the other side of the if. <laughs> I think it clarifies what you're... Rosie. I think it clarifies what you're talking about, Mike. You know, when, when Jesus says to love your neighbor, he's actually quoting this, and it's from Leviticus chapter 19, verses 17 and 18, and it says, You shall not hate your fellow countrymen in your heart, you may surely reprove your neighbor, but shall not incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am Abiyah. I think we're saying there, when they're in sin, it's absolutely expected that you would like take that take that task, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Or that. Yeah. But not with hate. Right. The moment you you turn that into hate, then the sin becomes yours. And I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm, and it's funny because of course, obviously, God's putting it in my face because I, you know, five days ago started a how to love unlovable people. You know, so it was like one of those things of, okay, it's already in my face. Mm-hmm. Like I'm already getting it, God. But then somebody sparks it, you know, in a way that I know is already gonna gonna get me going. But then, you know, it's still it's still that thing. If but Brother Bob was right there to you know to be like, hey, wait, got to remember, you know. Yeah. So and it the pre conversation before getting into the topic actually goes with the topic, anyways, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're gonna talk about moments tonight. And how we perceive said moments. Like the text I think I sent out to you guys was like, I won't remember anything about time-wise last week or a month out or whatever. But I will remember moments of last week or moments of last month, last year, five years ago. Yeah. And how do I perceive those? Or how do we perceive moments? Right. Do we do we look at the bad and ugly moments and those are the only ones? Or do we focus on the good moments? Which is also why are moments considered bad sometimes? Like when you say there was a moment, it's usually in the derogatory sense, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's a happy time, then it's a memory. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. So when there's not really a difference, you're still remembering both circumstances. You're just categorizing it. Yeah. And there's tons of things. like, And I think there's tons of things to make moments, right, for anybody. Somebody made a moment in your Christian walk, right, that you remember. But also, for some of us, there's those bad moments as well. But how do we perceive them? Moments happen in our lives all the time. Carl shared a story about when you went to Philadelphia and the lady that you met there, the lady that had been there that was living on the street, mm-hmm. right? Yep. That her moment was the people that reached out to her, mm-hmm. right? We have those moments also. Sometimes they're good interactions, and sometimes they're bad. But we still remember them. And sometimes the bad leads to the good also. Yes. Sometimes the only thing that leads to the good is the bad. Oh, yeah. It also is a learning for me. 
because you know I said it time and time again growing up had a lot of bad a lot of bad memories <clears throat> but those bad memories were also learning situations mm-hmm. and it it forces you to choose which way you want to go do you want to stay continually going with the bad or do you want to flip and make that bad like Carl said end up in a good positive direction like a decision mm-hmm. point yes yeah well and I think also when we when we look at those moments and with the bad lens on sometimes we're stifled right there too like we don't move past them and sometimes it's self-inflicted like when we do it also right like i don't want to proceed and go forward because i either because i'm stubborn or i don't think i'm equipped or ready to do something and so then you remember the bad stuff yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think any time that we feel a calling on our heart, usually that's our first, the first thing that we go to. You know, I, I mean, we, we've, I think we've all sat there and, and on our knees or on our faces or however we pray, go ahead, God, use us. Use us as you, as you would. Right. As you want, not my will, but your will be done. You know, in those hard prayers that we've talked about before, to then when something pops up, is like, well, wait, don't, don't you remember when I did this and this and you see all, but this is what you, you want me to do this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all of that. I think every time I know I do, I mean, speaking for myself, you know, it's, you know, you forget he doesn't, you know, he doesn't call the, the ones that are necessarily ready for it and have the education for it and everything else. He calls the ones that he wants to do it. Right. And well, even on the flip side of that, like, even if you're, feverishly praying for your calling and you don't think he's answering or listening. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Then you then you feel even more ill-equipped than the pressure that you put on yourself. I know pre-walking with or fully engaged in my moments were always a dwelling hang-up for me all the time, mm-hmm. right? Like, I've said it at nauseam, I'm the glass-half-empty guy. Mm-hmm. And since then, lots of things have changed, but there's still that. Sometimes that glass that I get out of the cabinet or out of the fridge is still half-empty. So that's, like, a work that I have to... I know I personally have to perceive every day and battle every day is that I have to look for the good in all the things. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, what you, Ronnie, and you, Mike, mentioned, I think the root cause is the same. It's, it's, it's our prideful insistence that we do it on our own. We pray that we want God to use us, but then we say, uh, I, don't have, I, I don't have the ability to. Well, what are you really telling God? You're telling God that you don't trust him to do it through you because I've right. got to work it out on my own. Yeah. Or when you say, you know, I've got this guilt in my past, I can't overcome that. You're saying, you know, God, you're not capable of, of reconciling me. I have to do it on my own. You know, it's, it's all pride. Yeah. It's all pride. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and, and it's, it makes it no less of a hard pill to swallow as far as that, you know, to because you... You, you feel like in your walk that 
you should be, or you're striving to be more humble about yourself and about your abilities or about any of these things. And then you have something like that hit and you're like, well, what is it? You know, or back in the day, it would have been that that could have been my key of, okay, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, as opposed to, no, I'm going to stick it. I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to stick this through because I know the things God's done done for me and done in my life and everything, you know. Or it's like you're doing those things, right? You're giving it to him. And then it's like that barter back type thing as to where something bad happens or negative content-wise happens. And you're like, eh, I deserve that. Because mm-hmm. that's the, your self-inflicted part of it. Like, yeah, I knew that was coming because I deserve that because I didn't do this. Which is totally not true at all. But in our mind, we justify it like that. Well, you, you use the word self. I think our problem is we all have an idol of self sitting on the altar of our heart. And even when we when we break it to pieces like we should, we tend to want to keep little little chunks of it, mm-hmm. and keep those little chunks on on the altar. And sometimes it takes those negative bad moments to reveal that because we keep it hidden, mm-hmm. right? We keep that idol hidden, okay. and it takes those those bad moments that God allows into our world to reveal that to us that we need to hand that over. We need to give that that idol of self back over to Him and put Him on the throne of our heart where He belongs. Without expecting him to share space. And refine us. And be able to refine us. Right. Mm -hmm. What? No. (laughs) What? Nothing. None. You mean Silent Ron's going to be silent? (laughs) Silent Ron has nothing right now. Okay. Your intro made it sound like you were going to have so much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You were right out of the gate. So excited. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's no pause, no delay. <laughs> yeah. you know, obviously, there's been a lot of moments, you know, but like I was saying earlier, it's just how do you how do you handle those moments? You know, which way do you go? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do it all. I still do it. You know, well, if I do this, what's going to happen after that? What's going to happen after that? Am I doing it for me or am I doing it for somebody else? So I'm constantly questioning myself if I'm doing the right thing, if I'm doing it the right way, if I'm doing it for the right purpose and reason. I think I think, I think all four of us at this table do it. Oh yeah, all the time. And I think it's a good thing to do. It could be be and I well and I'm just using the analogy I think of the four of us. I don't think that we allow it to stop us from doing something, and I think that's where the you know the bad part really can come into play is to where you're so overwhelmed by the fear of what what it, what it is or what it could be that you stop it from letting it happen. But at the same time, I think questioning the manner in which you're doing it, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Is it for God's will? Is this to better his kingdom? Is, I think the questions, the core questions are, and even the, am I doing this for myself? You, because obviously that that's never the right answer. Mm-hmm. You know, am I wanting? Am I only doing this in public so that everybody sees what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. You know, or when nobody but God's watching, am I still doing it? Right. You I know? question myself a lot because I like to help people. Right. It's just my nature. If somebody needs something. And I can do it, I do it. If right. I can't do it, I'll still try to do it. But if it doesn't happen, I'll find somebody else that can do it. But 
there's a lot of times where after I do it, there's just a little bit of me thinking, am I going to get recognized for it mm-hmm. when I know I shouldn't? Right. And I don't need it, but it's just my... Put a little pat on the back every yeah. once in a while, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. And I know I don't need it, and I know I probably don't deserve it. I'm just doing it because that's what I like to do. But then there's always, you know... It's always nice to hear sometimes. Well, yeah, to get that little pat on your back because it also helps you keep doing it because it feels good to do good, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. You know, because if you don't get it, then you end up getting that mindset of like, well, before, you know, I got... I would get to myself like, well, what's the purpose of doing it? Yeah. You know, but now that's totally different. Right. You know... Before I was, I'd do it and like, you know, it'll uh, come full circle. Yeah. You know, you help people, they help you. The golden rule kind of thing, you know? Right. And, uh. But then now, it shook you when the golden rule wasn't when it bit to me. anybody. Yeah. Around, when yeah, it wasn't when it golden. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When it bit me, you know, <clears throat> and I've said it before and me and my wife used, we used to get into it a lot, but we don't know more. But, you know, somebody calls me. I got stuff I need to do around my own house, but if somebody calls me and I go, and then when I need somebody, I call them and they don't return a favor, I used to get really bitter about that. Mm-hmm. And my wife, not very long, but just long enough to turn me into somebody I didn't want to be. But then my wife's like, well, why don't you just tell them no? I was like, well, I can't do that. That's not who I am. <laughs> it's plain and simple. You know? And then they call me again. Mm-hmm. And my wife's like, well, don't go. And I'm like, I can't do that. Well, they don't help you. I was like, just because they don't do it doesn't mean that I should not still go. Right. Yeah. That's just what I do. That's what we're supposed to do, you know, or that's what I feel like we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Pure love doesn't act just based upon what we think we can get in return. Yeah. Right. So pure, I mean, pure biblical love gives without any consideration for what we gain back. Yep. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty. Because I have had those moments where it's like, you know, I could use a hand or something here or there or, you know, mm-hmm. that, that a boy kind of thing, you know. No, yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Regroup. Rethink why you're doing it, who you're doing it for, why you're doing it and all that good jazz. And then it just kind of, it's like a big relief, sigh of relief. And it's like, I'll do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd do it again tomorrow. Yeah. Even knowing the outcome, I'd still do it again <laughs> right, tomorrow. Right, yeah. I remember I always tried to live my life. Uh, the American philosopher uh, from WWF, Gorilla Monsoon, used to say, <laughs> you know, that uh, a pat on the back's about 16 inches away from a kick in the butt. Mm. But it, it really holds true as far as things like that to where it's like when you think about the people like you're talking about and the fact of the ones that will give you the pack on the pat on the back might be the same ones that are trying to kick you in the butt because you're not doing something mm-hmm. when they think, you know, and especially in today's society to where it's like I want this instant gratification now as much as I can and it doesn't matter that I'm not giving anything back. I just want to take, 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 take. Right. You know, but you also haven't let it change your heart, which is huge because that would have been easy. Yeah, very, very easy. Yeah, to be like, nobody, nobody helps me, so I'm done. 
Well, and that's the way it yeah. was before before me and Karen came back to Christ. You know, I got to those points sometimes where I'd single out certain people and I'd be like, I'm done. I'll wipe my hands clean and I, I help, help, help and help them. But if they're not going to help themselves, I'm done helping. Right. Yeah. And that's, uh, and that's you know, but then <clears throat> later on I look back at it and I'm like, okay, Ron, you're being a jack. <laughs> So yeah. let's, <laughs> let's right. yeah. yeah, let's just, you know, they can't help where they're at, mm-hmm. you know, granted, I don't have a lot, but if my hands can help somebody, I will use them to help them. If my, if, you know, if I got the knowledge to do it, then I'll do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like this shop I just built or me and Karen just built my whole intentions of the shop. Is to help, you know, help people that, you know, can't really afford the garage sometimes mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, bring it to me. I'll fix it. And if they say how much, I'll just say pay it forward. Help the next man. You know what I mean? And that that's kind of the only way I see that in my eyes that I can so-called ministry, I guess, so to say. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and help. Right. And then that way, if they need somebody to talk to at the same time, I'm there. Granted, if I ain't got the right advice, I may have to phone a friend friend or text (laughs) somebody in. But, you know, I will never try to steer somebody wrong. And you never know. You might already have them there holding the flashlight for you. Yeah, true enough. You know, so. I feel attacked. (laughs) <laughs> you were holding my light, right? Yeah. You were my light. You were being, being the light. Yes, you, you, were, you were my light. Let's clarify that. I was not being the light. You were my light. I was helping the light. <laughs> Facilitating the light, maybe. So back to what you said earlier about missing moments, kind of. On the flip side of that, there's always the flip side. Do you know that's that? a that's the third time I, this I episode that I you've know. done it. Well, if you think about which it, which is Monday, December. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> that's Carl saying. I don't want to. I don't want to timestamp it. Sorry. But that's the thing, right? <laughs> like we are broken records, so there's two sides to a record: an A side and a B side. So you got to look yep. at both sides. That's right. Right. Yep. I think of a coin. Right. So. Yeah. I'm going to talk about my personal experience, but I know this might help, or you guys have might have felt this also. Those moments that come that you don't feel qualified for, or you don't feel that it's you that is supposed to do it, and you don't. And then it happens again. And then it happens again. And then, but when you don't do it because of reasons that you put in your mind, you don't belong here, you don't fit in here, you don't have enough knowledge here, you don't have the right heart here, whatever that is, then we were just wrong. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, that's the whole thing. We were just wrong. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. In my instance, I was wrong. 
and somebody else, not the physical attaboy, but the spiritual attaboy probably went to somebody else, right? Or to the person that answered it. Yeah, I guarantee it got done. Because it got done. Right, right. Right? Yeah. But the other old boy <laughs> was like prying. Nah. Like, you've done it your way for so long. You didn't do this. They don't see you like that. You don't know enough about this certain thing. Mm-hmm. Are they really so good? Just, so who are, just who keep, are you to do this? So just keep your mouth shut or stay home or don't engage. Right? And, like, that's me a couple of times. And it's I'm shameful to say that it's me a couple of times recently, even. But I was wrong. And I, if it's on your heart to do it, just just do it, right? Like, pretty much. Not the mm. not the slogan part. Like, no. you know, just act on it. You might not even know why you're acting in that moment. Yeah, you may never know, right? Because that time that you do might be somebody's huge moment. In their life. Yep. Absolutely. I've had several times where I've told myself, nope, I ain't going to do it, ain't going to do it, ain't going to do it. Because somebody asked me, uh, I'm not qualified, like you said. I don't have the knowledge. And I tell them no. You're not going to get on stage at a conference. Yeah, then it eats me up on the inside (laughs) to the point of where it drives me nuts. And what do I do? I turn around. And I go do the best I can at something I don't know nothing about. And I figure it out. Mm-hmm. But I think there's two, there's a fork there too. Cause you, it eats you up and then you go do it even though you don't feel qualified or think that you belong or whatever that XYZ is as to where somebody else might turn right and exit stage left and not do anything and, and the just thing walk is, away from it completely. Yeah, right. and some of the things you know, say that I go do, I may not be qualified to do it, and I may not do it like a professional would do it. But yet the end, the ending outcome comes out the same. Mm-hmm. So be it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, it may not have been professionally done or done to where a professional would do it, but yet. It's done right enough that it won't be wrong, if that makes sense. Right. It, it works. Right. And I talked to a math teacher that we all know, and he was like, you know what drove me kind of to be the math teacher that I am is that when I was growing up and learning how to do math, arithmetic, 2 plus 2, whatever, that... I kept getting the same answer, the correct answer, but the, I, the teacher expected me to do it the certain way. They had their own formula, so to say. Yeah, and they were like, look, like if I came up with the answer 
three out of five times, then okay, right? Like I'll try to understand your way to come up with the answer. Mm-hmm. But I have my I have this way, and I'm getting the answer right like ninety nine percent of the time, right? And so, and they loved math, which is weird to me. Also, <laughs> yeah. But he was like, so I try to teach that. Like if if you're coming up with the right answer, ninety nine percent of the time. Then do it your way because right. that's the way that you know how to do it and how it works for you. Mm-hmm. And I think Ron, your way of ministering is giving back and helping, not so much of pulling Bible verses out and quoting them, but that's I think where you excel at your hands and your feet, which is what we all should be and we all strive to be. It's just how we do things differently. Right. Right? Like, that's your hands and feet is doing that. Right. Carl's might be preaching on the corner or serving the homeless or whatever his calling is. Mike's might be counseling certain people. Right? Mine might be counseling certain people or talking about it or whatever. Right? Just like you said, we're all different, but the end point's still the same. Yeah. Is getting back and helping lead people to Jesus. Yeah. Right. Different functions, all with the undercurrent of serving. Mm-hmm. You know, it, Jesus makes that clear. I think it's, it's in Mark chapter 10, and I think it's also in Luke chapter 18. He talks about, you know, those who lead serve. He, you know, the, the Christian, you know, Jesus paradigm flips it on its head like the worldly paradigm is to lead is to sit at the top and unfortunately that's kind of how we structure church to lead is to sit at the top and those people are equal and everybody else is subordinate but jesus says no that's not how it should be those who lead serve from the bottom to lift others up Mm -hmm. that's that's the undercurrent of every function within the body is that you have the heart to serve whatever he lays on your heart or whatever gift he gives you to serve it has to have that undercurrent of the desire to serve others to lift them up. On on, <clears throat> on top of that, helping with the hands and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just feel the that if I see somebody and they just need to talk, or if they just want to talk, the listening side, just being there to listen, I think that's a big part of it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's a lot of people out there that don't have that person to talk to or vent to or just tell their situation to maybe to get a little positive advice instead of always getting hit with the negative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know I think, I mean? well, I think my wife is a great example of that. Like she's an observer. She's not the go out and doer, right? Like she will. I'm not saying that, but I think her biggest trait is the listening and the observing and the calculating and the, okay, well, this this needs to happen, this or whatever, right? Like, or just the hearing somebody vent. I mean, heaven knows how many times she's heard me vent, mm-hmm. right? Like, <laughs> you got to get a gold star for that at least. <laughs> but, and, and I, Carl, I think your wife's the same way. Like, she's an observer too, mm-hmm. right? Karen, Karen's in the middle, I think. Right, like she listens and she's good at listening, but I think also when it gets put on her, she goes out and does too. Not saying that Steph and Melissa don't. I'm she just does saying. do that to a point, but 
at the same time, when she does listen to stuff, after the fact, she'll bring it to me. Right, yeah. And then she's like, "Why do you think we should do this or do that or whatever? Right. And I'm like, Karen, what's your heart tell you? Right. What What do you feel you should do? Obviously, you're thinking about it. You want to do it. So what's keeping you from doing it? Mm-hmm. What you're wanting to do is not bad. Right. You're wanting to help. Where's Where's the conflict here? You're battling yourself mm-hmm. is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Follow your heart. And for me, you follow your heart most of the time. It doesn't turn you to a bad path. Right. You know, so, you know, it's just like what you all have, mm-hmm. what we brought you. Mm-hmm. Karen's like, I, I said something to her, and I was like, I think we ought to do this. And she said, okay, and I was and she was asked a question. I was like, I just feel we need to do it. And we did it. That's just the way it goes. So, you know, I, I tell her all the time. I was like, if you feel drawn to do something strong enough to question it, then it's probably something you should be doing. Mm-hmm. I do want to clarify, though, you know, that would apply to us at the table. But for, like, those listening, uh, follow your heart may not be the best advice. Because well, if your well, heart's not regenerate and it's not being led by, because you're really following the spirit, if you're if you're seeking his counsel and seeking to be in the presence and being prayerful about it, but you know we work sure, around by people in the world following their heart and they're following their heart to places they shouldn't be going. You right. I mean? I'm not saying what you were saying was wrong. I just want to clarify for people listening. If you know if yeah. you have not confessed Jesus as Lord, if you have not confessed your sins, if you have not given your heart over, if you have not sought to be in his presence and let his presence transform you, do not follow your heart. Because your heart will lead you astray. And it, right. I agree. I agree with Carl. But <laughs> I, my heart is there. No, yeah. Right. So yeah, well, nobody, nobody, nobody's nobody's yeah. 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 And I understand what Carl's saying. And my apologies. But most of the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. So because it's a battle between your head and your heart. Mm-hmm. And your heart tells you to do good. But then your mind questions your motives or if you're going to get anything out of this like yeah right. we've been Talk talking about mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so you know and that's what that's kind of what i was talking about with with karen her mind was telling her one thing but her heart was telling her another and her heart was being genuine and her heart or her mind was trying to divert her from doing what she felt was right right yeah yeah and i was like well that's what i meant by follow your heart don't you know, don't be don't, yeah, yeah. Don't be swayed right. from your own mind or anybody else to do the right thing, to walk the right walk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't don't let things around you persuade your perception and the way you feel that you should do. No, right. you're absolutely right because that's, that's a big problem in the church. Honestly, is we we know where the Spirit is leading us. I think there's a lot of people that know that the Spirit is leading us into obedience to the Father. We're surrounded by so many opinions that talk us out of agreeing with the Spirit, and we're just the churches are filled with people that are grieving Him by Paul's definition in Ephesians four, filled with people grieving Him because we've been talked out of just walking with Him, and that's Mm -hmm. where these moments come into play. Sometimes He has to bring dark moments into our world, followed by what you call Ronnie a holy moment Mm -hmm. to get us back on track again, to get our attention, to shake us awake. Yeah, yeah. Because if I was to listen to my mind, I'm 48. And if I were to listen to my mind throughout my life, I probably would not have, my heart would not be as big as it is. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not trying to boast there either, but I mean, no, yeah, I, I'm just yeah. saying it just kills me to see somebody hurting. Mm-hmm. It kills me to see somebody wanting something and they can't have it because I know how that is not being able to have what you want and or what you need, so to say, mm-hmm. and uh, or you can't afford it or you can't do this. And if I can and I can help you get it. I just feel that need. That's what I have to do. Mm-hmm. So, and let me say also because if not, I'll hear about it later. <laughs> Tisha is not like the three examples that I gave, right? Like she is the go doer, the go whatever. Like, and you can back me up, Carl, because mm-hmm. you're her favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but, but like her. Energy that, that and hurts. excitement and leadership, right? Like that really hurts. I know. I know. I know. Tell talking with it. her, <laughs> she has those moments too of of doubt or that she missed as well, right? Yeah. But I think she capitalizes on the moments when they're in the moment, also, mm-hmm. or when she's in that moment too, right? It's a, it's a charisma difference. Yeah, is what it is. It's, it's it's not a desire. It's not a difference in a desire to do to do right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or to, to, to kingdom build is just, you know, the, the gift of she's charisma. She's a go-getter. Yeah. The gift yeah. of charisma she's been given leads her to, yeah. to be used in a different way than some people would be. Right. So, some are chiefs and some are Indians. Mm-hmm. And some Indians think that they're chiefs and they're not. Right? Like, that's just, I mean, that's with everybody. Well, and some chiefs are stoic and philosophical and, and some and, chiefs are out on the front lines. Yeah. Screaming freedom. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and some chiefs should have been just Indians. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, there's that too. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. but, I think coming in and kind of wrapping it up without wrapping it up, right? Like, following on that segue is like, I think we need to attack those moments and be present in moments. We don't have to be, I don't want to say this because people in my small group that knows, (laughs) but we don't have to be perfect in those moments. We just need to be present in those moments. Mm -hmm. So present, not perfect for those listening who know. And Mike has that big cheesy grin. And that's for me, like, it's with everything. It's now more so it points to Jesus all the time. Like, my way of thinking as to where before it didn't. And so those moments, like Ron said, those moments were what have you done for me lately moments. Or what am I going to get out of this moment Mm -hmm. instead of just seizing the moment and running with it? Not very fast because I'm not a fast runner, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't run if I'm being chased. So (laughs) yeah, I'm the sacrifice, right? If something's chasing me, you guys go ahead. Uh, Yeah, yeah. you guys got to take it faster than Ronnie. That's right. I got this. (laughs) (laughs) So to wrap it up, you guys, final thoughts, pulling the needle off the record because it is a record with two sides, Mike. Just saying. 
whatever. What I mean, you, 90 I know it's a new concept record. after 100 plus episodes, but you the know. record, really. <laughs> um, I think my final thought would be um, kind of what you were what you were saying, Ronnie, with um, don't. Don't let your memories define you. Define your moments. Amen. <laughs> Silent Ron. I'm, gi- I'm giving you a shot before no, Carl no, goes. Go ahead. No, <laughs> no go ahead. <laughs> I love that little asterisk. <laughs> before yeah. Carl goes, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, well, move, moving on. <laughs> Carl? Our faith is an ongoing walk, but I think there are times often that the Most High brings moments into our life to define that walk moving forward. Um, when I was praying earlier today, the name Caleb came into my mind. And it just, that's, that's my phone. <laughs> Held it up to the microphone to out myself. <laughs> <laughs> that was a timer. You're yeah. done. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, never mind. Like, I can't finish this. <laughs> that one went a lot long. <laughs> so uh, Caleb came into my mind, and I, I couldn't get him out of my out of my head all day long. Um, and I had the Caleb in mind the, of Twelve Spies fame. You know, for if anyone's not familiar with the story, when when they came, when the people of Israel came out of Egypt, and they come to the Promised Land the first time. Moses sends 12 spies into Canaan to spy it out. When they come back, they had seen the goodness of the land that God had promised them, but they also saw the ferocity and the strength of the people that currently occupied it. And 10 of the spies said, it's impossible. We can't take it. The only two spies that said we should trust was Joshua and Caleb. And Caleb even gives a speech. He's like, we should seize upon this. He essentially says what Jesus says in, in Mark ten twenty seven: with men it might be impossible, but with God, anything's, anything's possible. He's promised this. He's going to deliver it. He stood on faith. And that defined his walk moving forward. The name Caleb in Hebrew, it, can, it has a couple meanings. One meaning is dog, and it kind of makes me think of the possibility of that, that fierce loyalty that a dog can have, but it also is a compound word in Hebrew, uh, cal, which means whole, and leb, which means heart. So Caleb put together means whole heart. Fast forward 40 years. Everybody that doubted, everybody that refused to go into the promised land because they doubted the promise that God had given them, only two were allowed to survive to enter in to Canaan and take Israel, take the, take the people of Israel into the land of Israel, Joshua, and Caleb. And it all goes back to that one moment in time that God brought Caleb to when he had the opportunity to stand with the crowd and refuse to trust the Most High because what his eyes saw said it was impossible. What his eyes saw in front of him said this is not possible. Caleb chose to see with his heart and with his faith and see his invisible God and say, no. He promised, I've seen the miracles, I believe. He chose to believe and that defined his faith. And because Caleb Caleb gave his whole heart to God, he was allowed to enter into, into the promised land. And I think that should, should lead us to ask ourselves very seriously, does God have our whole heart? Have we given our whole heart to him 
Or are we keeping a little piece of the idol of self on the altar of our heart and not giving him all of us? Because it does matter. That's my final thought. Good luck with that, Ronnie. Ronnie. (laughs) (laughs) Well... I'm yeah. just going to say I agree with Carl. <laughs> you already said that once. <laughs> I'm saying it again. <laughs> yeah. Don't judge me, Ronnie. <laughs> I started off asking the difference or what our difference between our bad moments and our good moments were. I think if we look at the bad or notice that they're bad, each moment should be precious no matter if it's a good one or a bad one um just because it's a moment for you it might be somebody's Thursday right if it's your Thursday it could be somebody's precious moment that you help them with or you helped God helps them see, right? So, so what you're saying is what what could be bad for you could be good for somebody else. Is that what you're trying to say? I, I'm a little confused on the Thursday thing. You lost me. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's only Monday, so. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I broke my own rule. But a major moment for you may be just a regular day to somebody else. Oh, okay. Else. Yeah. Okay. Right. So... And also, to piggyback on that, if it's a bad moment, strive and humble yourself to try to make it a good moment and not look at it in a bad light. It could be the most terrible thing imaginable, but like Ron, like you said, if you learned from it and can help somebody else outside that tunnel or past that tunnel... But Obviously, it, there's a purpose for that moment. Then there's a purpose for that moment. Join us on our Facebook group, Broken Record Ministries. Yes, I'm getting to that. <laughs> Why are you pointing down here, Ron? <laughs> Ron was giving a record message for those of you listening to this podcast. <laughs> I thought Ronnie was getting ahead of himself. No. <laughs> I'm a trained professional at this point. <laughs> Director Ron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need to quit. I need to quit. <laughs> if you would like to talk about certain moments or certain things that are on your heart, you can email us at brokenrecordministries at gmail.com. Now, Ron, Mike, would you pray us out? All right. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Lord our God, we come to you, and we just want to stay humble. We want to stay humble in your love. We want to stay humble in our lives and in our day-to-day dealings with anybody and everybody, Lord. We want to show that humbleness that you gave us so that we can do everything to praise you. We can give all the glory to you because that's where it's deserved. Lord, thank you for giving us another day. We pray that tomorrow we can serve you better. And we can ask, instead of what have you done for us lately, what have we done for you lately? And let us continue on that path, Lord. And let us walk that walk daily. We love you, we honor you, and we praise you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
And until next time. Welcome to my God's ministry. Catch you on the flip side.